Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome back to the T2 Hub with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Spencer Locker. Spence, we're back. And doesn't it feel like a long time since we did this? Oh, videoing. We haven't had any chance to get in and do some videos, so it's nice to do so. We've got a new setting, as you can see. We're we're trying different uh, rooms, different layouts, different versions of videos, from using the Clever Touch to standing up to sitting down. And I think this one very much, Spence, is something we've been talking about lately. I mean, well, it's definitely come about more lately, but we've been talking about this topic for the best part of two years delivering it into customers. And because we've delivered a few of these lately, it was worth just jumping in a nice relaxed environment and having a a discussion about it. Because I think post-pandemic and now more than ever, this particular topic really matters Mm. from a leadership perspective. Yeah. So we're going to talk about trust-based leadership, Mm. TBL as we call it, but (laughs) trust-based leadership and the importance of uh, building trust, a foundation of trust with our teams and organizations through this time you know, in a hybrid world, remote-based working, on-premise working, a mixture of the two, trust and empowerment is more apparent than ever. Um, But what is trust-based leadership? What's the different facets of it? And why is it so important? And I think if we can table that today, Spence, and Mm. sort of dissect it, I think that'll be a good use of time. But what do you concur? And what's your experience of working with leaders and organizations where, you know, trust is either you know, absent or it's there in abundance and the flourishing. I, I do concur. Um, I think oh, that... Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Convenient. Uh, but yeah, no, I do concur. And uh, I do believe that it's really uh, become um, very apt when we start considering psychological safety. When we start considering the Lencioni model of the five dysfunctions, um, I, I believe that it really brings that trust element to the fore and shows, demonstrates how important it is. I mean, I'm not alone in having experienced both situations. I say both situations, it's not polar, it's on a spectrum. Yeah. But um, we've I've worked with people that I would run through walls for. Um, bearing in mind that these are usually my immediate superiors because I don't see... Um, enough of the people further up the chain, but these people have got such a way of leading that it engenders trust and you'd run through walls from. They'd ask you to run through walls. Well, they probably wouldn't ask you, but you'd do it anyway. And you've also been in those scenarios where it's not built on a foundation of trust. In actual fact, you have mistrust and all of a sudden your levels of engagement, commitment, passion, motivation, fulfillment, everything is significantly reduced for not only the job but for them. You know, you're looking for the them. exit door. Yeah, you put you're pulling the eject button or pushing the eject button, pulling the eject lever, whatever Depends it is. Where you are, you could probably well, push yeah. and pull, push both. and pull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, trust-based relationships are incredibly important. They always have. You mentioned the Lencioni model. It's the bottom foundation. It's the first dysfunction of a team. Everything is built on a platform of trust. We talk a lot about that in the work we do. Yeah. Um, But we also look at what we call the trust-based leadership equation, which here at T2 is something we've created based on our research and findings. And I think it's worth maybe 
working through the trust-based leadership equation on this video. Uh, and I'm sure what we'll do is we'll we'll do some clever editing where as we reveal the equation, it will p appear on the screen. Um, and it's just worth thinking about, you know, in relation to you and your team, if you're a leader watching this, how would you think you would score on all of these elements of the mm. equation? What might be missing? Or even if it's not missing, what would create the biggest opportunity for you to to improve mm. upon? Um so let's work through it. Let's talk the different talk about the elements of the equation, and we can um, we can sort of wrap it up at the end with a with a few salient points. So let's reveal the equation, Spence. The yeah. trust based leadership equation is credibility plus reliability plus rapport. Say that again mm. because it's it's worth just digesting for a second. Trustworthiness between leaders and their teams is established when you have credibility, i.e you are credible with your team members, hmm. you're good at your job, you're knowledgeable, you can perform, you've got experience, and therefore you are credible. Yeah. I deem you, I find you credible, and therefore there's an element of, of that which will certainly go towards me trusting you and your, you know, and, and your actions and decisions. Plus reliability. I can rely upon you to do what you say you're going to do every time. You're there for me, you keep confidentiality, you don't let me down. You don't push my one-to-ones for another meeting. All of this stuff, you say what you do what you say you're gonna do every time. Every time, yeah. You're reliable, and that will allow me to build trust with you. And finally, and this is a bit of the elephant in the room, Spence, and I'll bring mm. you in on your opinion on this, is we didn't expect this to be in the equation, but it features massively in the ingredients of trust. Rapport. Do I bloody like you? And that sounds mm. bizarre in trust. I mean, a lot of people might have said, well, you don't have to like somebody to trust them as long as they're credible and reliable, et cetera. Mm. It can be, and we'll come on to that. But it does matter. If mm. I like you, if if I understand you at a deeper level and you understand me and I understand your motivations and you understand mine and you get to know me, mm. I'm going to trust more. I'm going to open up more and I'm going to mm. trust you. Yeah. I think um, having worked with the emergency services quite quite a lot over the past sort of 18 months, two, two three years maybe even, um, what I've found, particularly with fine rescue services um, and, um, and police forces as well, there's an element there where you don't necessarily like people, but you trust them. If you're in a team there. Now, it's interesting that we bring this up now because when we start talking about that, we generally find that it's team members. When you start talking about people in charge of a team, leaders and managers, then rapport is very, very important. Because as much as you go in a in, into a team scenario, the rapport might be there, might not be there. But when you're looking at a leadership, it's pretty, it does need to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe we can put this image on the screen in a second as we're talking about it. But there's a grid we use, isn't there, which yeah. is, you know, if you've got one axis up the, up the left-hand side, which is credibility and reliability. You know, mm. my ability as a leader to execute and to deliver. Yeah. Right, and then along the bottom, you've got rapport and motivation. So my ability to lead and inspire. So you've got two axes. The equation split into two axes, which is, you know, how credible and reliable am I, and how much do my people like me? How much rapport and hmm. have I got with with my staff, and how how can I lead and inspire them? Then you'll end up with four zones. You know, any leader who is low on credibility and reliability and low on rapport and motivation, well, quite frankly, you're an idiot or you'll be seen as an idiot yeah. by your team. There'll be nothing there if all three ingredients are missing. Mm. It's going to be the disengaged zone for your team. Mm. 
So what happens on the grid then when you have high rapport and motivation? So you're really good with people and they all mm. like you and, you know, you get on really well, but you're not very credible or reliable. You know, those people, those leaders where you go, I could do your job better. Mm. Well, you become a friend. It's like that's the ultimate manager or boss who's a friend. It's like the rapport zone. Yeah, I, I, I always, when we start talking about this, I always picture Ricky Gervais in the office trying to be liked and, and all this that, and the other. And when he's got to do something, which is like have a, have a difficult conversation or something like that. No credibility whatsoever. No credibility at all. Yeah, everybody just, yeah, you become the jester, yeah, don't you? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like you're great to have around and I love going for a beer with you and you're a great boss, but quite frankly, I could pro I don't take you too seriously when it comes to yeah. you know pressure, making decisions and, and actually doing the job we're here to do. So you become you become in the repose zone like a friend if you like, if you if you're that. The other element of the equation is what happens when you're high on credibility and reliability. So you are experienced, knowledgeable, you're great at the job, right? I look at you in terms of what we do here and yeah, you, you, you know, you're to be respected, yeah. but I don't have any interpersonal rapport with you and I don't mm. really feel like we're close enough to understand each other. Well, you become a boss. Mm. It's the transactional zone. And let me say at this point, and I'm sure you'll agree, Spence, out of all of the four zones, the first two we explored, the disengaged zone and the, and the rapport zone, are not good to be in as a leader. No. It's very hard to drive trust-based relationships when you're in any of them two. However, what I will say on the transactional zone is it might not constitute maximum trust and an ideal way of operating, but it serves a purpose. Mm. We've all worked for those people where I, I find you that credible and that reliable that I don't have to be best friends with you. Mm. Actually, we come to work, we have a professional relationship. You're my boss. I work for you. And that is good enough for what it serves a purpose. Yeah. Ideally, is it where we want leaders to consider being? No. But I sometimes think the transactional zone is if any other zone is appropriate, it's that one. Mm. And you can think of a million bosses you've worked for where mm. you, you'll never keep their number in, the, in your phone for the rest of, of your life, but you probably remember you know, remember your time relatively fondly from what you learn yeah. in that experience. Yeah, yeah. Now, the top right-hand corner, Spence, obviously is the transformational zone. This is where you will be seen as a true trusted leader. High on credibility and reliability and high on interpersonal rapport. Mm. Not only do I want to follow you, do you, are you good at what you do? Are you knowledgeable, experienced? But you get me, I get you, we have enough rapport to have each other's backs mm. and that supercharges trust. Yeah, certainly. And if there's anybody listening to this, look at those elements. Do you want to be seen as a friend? Do you want to be seen as, you know, a boss? You don't want to be seen as an idiot. We know that, right? <laughs> but if you want to be a true trusted leader, you need to balance the two, the two elements of the equation, which is the execution element and the team and rapport and interpersonal element as well. Certainly, certainly. I think uh, it's actually um, something that can't be forced. Uh, and I think for that, for that, to be truly genuine, if you like, I mean, anybody, have, we know, we know people, we've worked with people in the past, not necessarily with trans two performance, uh, but we've worked with people in the past who have got that sort of mental checklist about what do you do at the end of work? Make sure the safe is locked. Make sure the security door's down. Thank the staff for doing a good job today. And it's just like tick list, tick list, tick list. It loses all, not so much credibility from a professional perspective, but he's patronizing. Mm. And, he, and you, you can't establish a rapport with somebody who patronizes you. In most cases, <clears throat> we see the rapport element of the equation falling down because traditionally in hierarchies and leadership and in organizations, the old adage of, 
you know, the dictatorial autocratic leadership style that came with generations and, and previous cultures and organizations was don't get too close to your staff. I remember this when I first did my leadership program some 20 years ago, it was still being said then, don't get too close to the staff personally, always keep them a little bit at arm's length. So if you have to deliver the tough message or sack somebody or go through a performance plan, you're not too close. Mm. It's easy to do from a distance. And I always say, Spence, that's bullshit. Mm. You know, you it's a massive ingredient in trust-based leadership is building interpersonal rapport. And if you refrain yourself from doing that, you're going to miss a trick. You're going to end up more so in those performance-related situations than you would if maybe you looked at the whole thing up front. I always say, you've got to get close to your people. You've got to increase that rapport level. Mm. And if you have to drive a performance-related discussion, have the strength of a leader to do so, but do not let it inhibit your ability to drive trust and rapport. Certainly, I mean, we, we talk um, time and time again. Uh, one of the one of the secrets of leadership and management is to truly know your people. If you know your people, then that's building rapport. Uh, I, do you remember that organisation? I can't remember the org, I can't remember what it was called. Um, but they had the guy who, who started the organisation. He was a CEO or the MD or whatever it, what position he was. Walks in every morning, walks in, puts his coat on the back of his chair, picks his coffee up and walks the floor, talks to his people every single morning. He's not going to talk to every single person, but every single morning he's down there. Morning, morning, how are you doing? How's your missus? Is she all right? Because I heard she was poorly. Or your team's not doing great at the moment. Or what? It's just actually inter in integrating yeah interacting interacting sorry yeah, interacting with your people yeah absolutely it's an old saying in it walking the floors and engaging but it's and, and it's important but it's just more about uh the 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 opportunities as well uh on a one-on-one -on -one basis to have that regular quality time for that individual alone mm. yeah um individual development plan type stuff um you know review processes and just checking in when when there's a good job just taking the time out to recognize mm. but more so it's just about understanding that every member of your team you know leaders have it the wrong way around they say you have to earn my trust so this is an interesting one mm. leaders will go if you join my team or you're new in you've got to earn my trust and and, and then i will entrust you once mm. you've earned it you know that's the wrong way around. If you think about the great leaders we work with and the personality styles we work with who have longevity and have their people behind them, they're like, I, they, they, they switch it all around. They go, I'm going to earn your trust because when I earn your trust, to your point earlier, mm. you will punch through walls for me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go first. Mm. I'm going to give you all the reasons as to why I'm going to be great to work with and for and why you should trust in me. And if you can do that, I've got your back too. And we'll we'll do this together. And that's what you've got to think about. It's not about because you carry the position of authority, command, or rank that you say, well, it should down to you to earn my trust. That's 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 not what I think building trust-based leadership is all about. It's like I will work hard from the outset to earn your trust, and in return, I'll get what I what I require and what I need from you. And that's just worth thinking about if you're watching this video. Hmm. Go forward, build relationships, earn people's trust. And then on that execution side and the credibility and reliability side, it will naturally just flourish and, and happen. And, and we've talked about credibility. We've talked about rapport. But we, we've got to remember that reliability, haven't we? Because it's very, very important. So many people promise, uh, promise the world and deliver very little. If you're going to... 
you know, talk the talk, walk the walk. And the reliability element is the highest weighting on the equation because not only can it supercharge trust, but it can absolutely obliterate it in a heartbeat. Credibility is established over time. Rapport is established over time. And it takes more than one little blip to sometimes, you know, you're not incredibly credible and then you make a mistake and you're uncredible. Mm. It doesn't happen like that with credibility. And you don't have high degrees of rapport with somebody and then have a little falling out in the office and then all of a sudden you hate them. Mm. So the credibility and reliability, sorry, the credibility and rapport elements are developed or diminished over time, if this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Reliability. You let me down once, just mm. once, and yeah. it can fall off a cliff. I find out that you've talked about me behind my back when I come to you in confidence once. It's incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to get that back. Mm -hmm. So, what we find where there's breaking breakages in the uh, in the trust, you know, where there's gaps, where there's holes, is where one thing happened three years ago where you threw me under the bus, and I can't get past it. And that we 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 know this, yes. don't we? All the time, you know, <laughs> you, you sit down one to ones and we'll go. Why don't you get on with that with your peer in the senior leadership team? Well, there was this one time three years ago, and I'll never. And you think. That, that's where it's happened. So if you're listening to this, try to be reliable as in do what you say you're going to do. And if you can't or you don't, own up straight away, you know, apologize, don't make excuses hmm. and fix it. Because once the reliability aspect is diminished, it's very, very, very difficult to get it back. And it's hmm. the same as if I've got dedicated one-to-one -one time with you in my diary and you keep pushing it because the CEO keeps wanting to have a last-minute conversation, you're telling me that your importance is, to me is this mm. big in the grand scheme of things. Mm. And and it's difficult to get that back. So out of all of them, Spence, mm. you're right. I think reliability is the one where you don't get as many opportunities to make mistakes. And it's something that you've got to be on the ball with all the time. You mentioned there, if I find out that you've spoken about uh, outside, out, out of school, if you like, um, about something that I've shared with you on a on a very personal basis, a very uh, sort of staffing confidence, and you've talked about that, that'll diminish the reliability in my eyes so much. But not just you, the people you talk to. Oh yeah, yeah. When you're talking, if you're if you're sort of saying, "Oh, such and such said this to me," and a bloody nightmare he is, a bloody admin burden, and all then the person you're talking to is sort of saying, right, okay, so I know not to share anything with you because you tell people. Exactly. Yeah. Psychological safety goes through the floor. Yeah. Trust is absolutely inhibited. And all of a sudden we have a, a cultural issue within a small, very small team. Mm. And, you know, it, it's all intrinsically linked. If the reliability goes, our rapport goes. Mm. If our reliability and rapport has both gone, then that starts to harm the credibility because all of a sudden you, that I'm struggling to see you as a credible human being, not a professional, mm -hmm. just a credible person. So the this is why I love the trust-based leadership equation because it's intrinsically linked. Mm. Credibility plus reliability plus rapport. They all absolutely manifest and link into each other. Increasing one can increase the other and absolutely sabotaging one can sabotage the other. However, in the whole thing, as long as you maintain a maximum level of reliability, the other two can be built over time and established over time. And, and, and they're not as quickly damaged in one isolated incident as much as the reliability factor. So it's just worth thinking about managers, leaders, stick to your guns, keep your promises, 
right? <laughs> Don't let people down. Do what you say you're going to do. Maintain confidentiality. Have my back. That reliability element is incredibly important. Yeah. Well, I think we'll park it there for that one, Spence. We yeah. can talk a lot about this. Hopefully, we've, uh, as I say, as we've talked through this and we've put some graphics up on the screen, et cetera, just to bring this to life, just think about it and take it away. We, If you've got access to the T2 Hub, we have on the surveys and assessment section, we have a trust-based leadership um, survey that you can send out to your teams. Your teams can fill it in anonymously mm -hmm. on you, and it'll come back with a report uh, of some gap analysis, you know, where you where you excelling as a leader on credibility, reliability, and reports and the different aspects, where your opportunity to build on might be. It's got to be brave. You've got to be open to the feedback. But I would always say do it. Find out from the team where you sit from a trust perspective. Um, and there's some other great tools on the hub that you can use uh, around this. But for now, we'll park it there. Spencer Locker, thank you Martin very Johnson, much. Johnson, thank you very much. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hub video. Thank you.